0: Range. Welcome back, back again. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Thanks for tuning in. Oh my gosh, that rhyme! I didn't, even, I didn't even plan on that. It just, it just happened. Skills. It just happened. Skills. Skills that pay the bills. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit like and that you are subscribed to the channel because. We're going to be talking a lot of Tennessee during the offseason. Obviously going to be talking Tennessee and Nico Iamaliava. Say that word better than I can. (laughs) You can't. Nico Iamaliava. We're going to be talking about this performance against Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. And we're going to do our best to keep this under 40 minutes. But man, there's a lot to talk about here. And I just want to begin by something that I've already posted on the podcast, Instagram, and TikTok accounts. And it's this. Nico was excellent. He was excellent. He managed things well. He was composed. He, he got us into the right situations. He made plays when there was not a play to be made. He didn't necessarily have... A wow throw. You, you could you could say the one where he rolls out and kind of find, finds Rommel. Rommel makes a great catch there, but there wasn't like a a jaw dropping moment from him other than the entire game where he just managed it so well. What that does not mean that does not mean that he is Peyton Manning reincarnated. That does not mean that he is going to be in New York by season's end next season. That does not mean that we are 10 and 2 in 24. So, you volunteer fans, calm down, take a cold shower. Because I want to remind you, and I haven't even had, I haven't even given you a chance to talk yet. And I'm sorry. I love you. It's okay. I want to remind you of Joe's performance in the Orange Bowl and how we were all saying, man, Joe is is different. He Look at what he's done. Look at how he managed that. Look how accurate he was. He's no longer Joe of old. Look at 2010. I'm going to throw another one at you, my dude. Look at 2010 Tyler Bray and the Music City Bowl, where he's looking off the safety, right? And he's hitting Hunter down the sideline, and he's doing all of these things exceptionally well. And look how bad he was in 2011. (laughs) Yeah. Where he throws the game against Kentucky. Yeah. So don't put all this stock into one game against a team who didn't even have their greatest competitors in McNamara and DeJean. And DeJean's going to go first round. This is a first round white boy defensive back. This dude is good, okay?
1: You listen, are you listening, Richard Mendenhall?
0: <laughs> are you listening? So, I'm kidding. Uh, against a team that that that's not at full capacity, in which we weren't either. So I understand the argument there. But this Iowa offense was so bad that it impacted their defense because the defense just couldn't sustain it. They just couldn't hold together. So you know what? Gaston Moore would have made plays. I'm not saying he would have done what Nico would have done, but he would have made plays. I think Iowa's defense is so fundamentally sound, and that's probably what you need to look at and compare as we go forward into the Nico era. Look at how fundamentally sound they are, and look at how Nico just took what they provided. Is that a safe, fair comparison to when the Gators come to town, to when we have to travel to Athens, to when the tie? It's not. It's just, it, you know what? It's not even a fair comparison to when we meet NC State in Charlotte.
1: It's not. It's not same. a fair comparison to if you played Iowa in Week Eleven. There you go, man. So uh, my my whole point is like, just like
0: guys, take a cold shower, bring yourself down. Okay. Yeah. And uh, don't put any stock in this. Do I think Nico's going to be good? I do. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. I don't, but don't don't put so much on him where he's like, oh my God, he's gonna lead us to the promised land. The balls are <laughs> back.
1: Don't do that. I'm done. Well said. Well said. It, it's like this. It's like this. Okay, there are people who have said it. I have thought it. I don't know if I've said it, but you know, there there are like if you look at the Kentucky game only, or okay, if you look at Kentucky this year. As Exhibit A, then you might say, "Dagum, man, Dylan Sampson looks like Alvin Kamara." You might say that. Okay, turn on the Iowa, turn on Iowa and the Citrus Bowl. Did he look like Alvin Kamara? While he did make plays, he did not look like Alvin Kamara. No. Did. Okay. Uh, now, what we might say about Nico? He he looks really aware. This this is just honest honest take here. This is just I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah, 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 he looked really aware. He processed things pretty quickly. with the With the one exception of of uh, some of the sacks weren't necessary. Sure, they're understandable because the yeah. offensive line featured Dane Davis and uh, Jackson Lampley, but yes. some of the sacks uh, didn't need to be taken. But he processed things pretty quickly when he did throw the ball. Absolutely, he was pretty accurate when he threw the ball. Let's let's say yes. that you know he, yes. he didn't put the ball in harm's way. He didn't overthrow, you know. And, I think we think about Joe Milton a lot differently in the Orange Bowl last year. If, if Joe Milton didn't start in 2021, if he didn't start in 2021, all the way through, uh-huh. and then Joe comes in the Orange Bowl, he had never played before, we would be saying Joe Milton's going to win the Heisman in 2023. Absolutely. Those are the things we'd be saying. Absolutely. But we didn't. But, you know, the unfortunate thing for Joe is we had that 2021, you know, that initial activity, pit, the overthrows, et cetera. Nico, of course, this is his first start. Uh, the action's been limited to four games and, and garbage, garbage time only. Yeah, Minimal garbage time because we put Gaston Moore in and yeah. then David Shul- Shuler in in one instance. But he looks like, you know, he moves around in the pocket a little bit like Bryce Young. Uh, when he takes off, he looks way better than I. Even. Look, I've watched his high school tape because it's hard not to get excited about a guy like him, right? Yeah. I didn't think he'd run that well. Like at any point in his career. Because he's 6'6", you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he he runs really well for a quarterback. But, like you're saying, it's a bowl game, which they are what they are now. We cared a lot more because he was playing. If Joe played in that game, like if Joe started, Tennessee was up 21-6 to 6 or nothing, I don't know, and Nico comes in, you know, third or fourth quarter, we'll think even less about it. We, we might start carrying at that point rather than – how he felt because he was starting the game. But he started the game, and for his first start against a defense that fared well against what they faced, which we talked about in the preview, you know, we have all these high hopes. And I'm with you. He should be an outstanding player for Tennessee. But I'm not going to pencil him in for New York City. I'm not going to pencil Tennessee for 10 or 11 wins in the regular season in 2024 until I see some other things come along. What we should do, though, and what I've heard, uh, you know, listening to some folks, is, you know, the future is now. You got to get him, You've got to get the receivers right. You've got to get the mm-hmm. offensive line right. Mm-hmm. You've got to get the defense right. Now, mm-hmm. part of that centers around guys like James Pierce, who you have for one more season. Mm-hmm. Get that in your heads now and understand yep. that if you're not in the playoff, and I'm not saying we're going, if you're not in the playoff next year, James Pierce is preparing for the draft. Oh, he's okay. opting out. Yeah. So build around that for 2024. Think about 2025. What you can bring in for Nico on the offensive side, and maybe what you have on the defensive side. I, I look. We we. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't remember what I was thinking when Derek Barnett's eligibility was close to running out, or rather, I'm sorry when when it was obvious that he was going to go pro. I don't remember what I was expecting for 2017's defense. I knew we had a couple guys, a couple prospects who could be decent but i don't know what i was expecting but james pierce is freaking special for his length for his speed it's not just a guy that in 2025 you're gonna plug and play you know you might committee it you might committee it and get some of the production right but he should be a wrecking ball and he should be he should be like a, a contender for for like defensive player of the year in the sec next year if if he builds on his sophomore year and what i'm saying is you've got to surround these guys if you want to make runs while you've got them on campus with 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 playmakers and with protection for Nico and you know in some form of uh, or fashion you got to give someone on the other edge that that has to receive attention that Pierce is going to get if if they're not there
0: yeah total agreement and i would word that this way nico was really good james pierce was the best player on the on the field
1: it, you know just like last year just like the Orange Bowl, it is a shame. And and look, looking at the stat sheet, you wouldn't say it, but it's a shame that the MVP of the game wasn't James Pierce. And and that's Aaron Beasley, obviously, in the Orange Bowl, I think.
0: Well, that just shows you the stock that the offense media, sells. uh offense. Well, I was going to say that people have in the quarterback position. Yeah, quarterback. Sells. James Pierce was, and and I would even say this: James Pierce was more impactful. Than Nico
1: was, and Nico accounted for four scores. And and I'm with you because I think I think you could have beat Iowa twenty to zero with Joe or with Gaston Moore for that matter. I'm, I'm not I'm not disparaging any of them when I say that. But I'm just saying even if even if you didn't have Nico's legs, because with some of the drops, with some of the poor protections by offensive line and running back, you know, Nico was was improvising a bit. Yeah, you know, I think no matter what, you're going to hold them to ten at most because what's what we're about to get to features sixty passing yards for for Iowa offensively and 173 total yards, and mm-hmm. I I just don't think there was much more than that there. Obviously, it was big at the moment that Andre Turntine picked off Deacon Hill, and he made a terrible decision to throw that ball right through it. He didn't see Andre Turntine, I have to assume, but they just didn't create opportunities, and they didn't, like you said. They didn't protect their defense in any form or fashion.
0: I think that pick by Turrentine was the play of the game, in my honest opinion. Uh, Play of the game, because after that took place, it was almost like, man, are they going to make it this far again? They had already shown signs of this is every inch is going to be tough. Every inch is going to be tough. Hey, one quick thing before we kind of continue. I really wanted this to be a part of the introduction as well. To the volunteer fans that are saying, look what he did. He should have he should have started over Joe the whole year. Stop it. I, I, j- stop it. You're assuming that what you the Nico that you got in week I shouldn't word it that way. In your bowl game after two additional practices after the regular season is over is the same Nico you would have gotten when you traveled down to Gainesville, Florida. And that is just a stupid and lazy take. He said himself that one of the best things that could have happened to him was that he sat under Joe this year. Learning how to be a college athlete, learning to adapt to the college life, seeing how Joe prepares, seeing how Joe harries himself after a three and out or after a sack. Listen, say what you want to about Joe. Joe carried himself extremely well, extremely well. Look, I, I think, you won't I, hear me bashing Joe for anything. Yeah, anything. yeah, for nothing. So, so what? What? What better guy to sit under for a year to learn the system? Dude, this is not the the amount of all fans that are they're that saying we should have started. You're assuming. That this is the new season in NCAA 14, and you just plug that guy into into your system and you just push all the buttons. That's not how this works. He's gotta learn the stuff, man. And, yeah. and well, he was he was an early enrollee. I would like to see you try to learn an offense in, in that amount of time. I'd like to see, I'd like to see anybody try this. Anybody try it. So let's get off that. If you're if you're a ball listener, stop. Don't do that. Moving on, game. Deacon Hill was atrocious. <laughs> Ooh. Dude, he's hey,
1: he's he, a special bad. He, he's honestly, he's in the category for the worst I've ever seen. The okay. worst I've ever seen. I will say this. They should have started. Lane's? Lane, Lane is, whatever his <laughs> name was. I thought it was They Manos. at least Manos.
0: had Something. You know, a, a, a quarterback scramble, whatever that was, that we that we struggled to get a hold of when when he came in. I at, maybe at that point we just became so laxadaisical, which is a word that Zach yeah. Williamson cannot say. By the way, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> like a like a I don't know. Oh. I'm not going to try. Their offense. So um, we talked about. So the, okay, so since the bowl game we now know that the with the departure of Gabe Judy Lally that it's a whole new secondary right with with Judy Lally we said man what greater game for our young secondary to come in and and get some some kind of experience i'm not even sure that they got that dude that's how bad that offense was
1: yeah he was and, late and he, especially he was, after the pick especially yeah, yeah. after the pick he was
0: late on balls. He 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 was a one receiver. Like, and he, he had made up his mind. Bef- he was not going to go through pro- uh, progressions. It's not going to happen. That is that is arguably the worst quarterback play I've ever seen at the collegiate level. And I'm just here to tell you that I'm so thankful that we <laughs> that we got a taste of it.
1: That yeah, we, because it's we, been us so many other times. It's been us. Yeah. It's God. There. So, yeah, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I was just agreeing with you. My bad.
0: Oh, okay. No, you're good. You're good. So because of that, kind of coming back to Nico, because of their inability, and you know what's crazy is, <clears throat> I'm not jumping all over the place. I'm, I'm on the same topic. The time of possession was incredibly close. They, but but because of their inability to do anything offensively, it just kept trotting our offense back out there. You know, and we, I think we punted nine times,
1: but it we was punted a lot. I'll look it up,
0: but the time of possession is going to be close because we went fast and they didn't, and they didn't put drives together. So yeah, it's, it's going to be close, but I think what's most impressive to me, aside from Nico, who again, I want to reiterate, I thought he was extremely impressive and we did it again, 232 rushing yards. And Dylan Sampson has the quietest, the quietest, what was that, buck?
1: Oh, my gosh, I just ended up here. 133. The quietest
0: 133 I think I've ever come across. Like he would go, like he had a 31-yard a rush, and it was like it was nothing.
1: Yeah. He just did it. Crazy. Uh, Which, that, that is like I was, now this is the thing that I like. Uh, a lot, even more than, like, Nico not wetting the bed. You know what I mean? Uh, doing better than that, obviously, but he didn't wet the bed. But that's – I was, like, second or third 20-yard run allowed on the season. Yeah. And yeah. and I know they had a couple guys out. And McNamara obviously hurt. Dejean, you know, he's a good player, great player. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on him. But, you know, he's a corner is not going to impact that. You know what I mean? That's their – their defensive line, which is always sound, their linebackers, which are just never out of position. So I like that. You know, I like that we had the success on the ground. I think, I think, I think what it tells me is that going forward, again, we've we've seen probably, we've probably seen Hoppel's offense at its lowest point, is what I think. You mean on this year or the citrus part? Probably, well, probably for this year is the lowest point that helpless offense would reach i would i would think after this bowl game capping off this season I got you I think it would just take a combination of terrible offensive line play which may never be elite I don't know what the future holds but it should never really be like this bad this rotating with guys injured and limited depth and you know taking some guys that you had to take because you needed bodies coming off of events like firing Jeremy Pruitt and guys leaving, um, you shouldn't be in these positions again. You know, quarterback play, and, again, I think Joe was not really the the reason that we lost games. But as inconsistent as Joe could be at times, as up and down as he could be at times, I think one thing for sure this game showed me is that he might have been a little unwilling to run at times. Um, Hmm. Or, you know, maybe they just value Nico as a runner that much more. Uh, and I think you did need his legs, obviously, in this game. You did, but I, I think. Hey, I can think we re- is,
0: well, Hey, can I reemphasize that you needed Nico's legs in this game? You needed it.
1: Yes. You not desired it or wanted it. You needed it. You needed it. Yeah. Also, real quick on this, you know, there was a, so much. I don't even know where it came from at this point. I don't know if the fans started. I don't know if it was like something that the coaches whispered in order to get a narrative out. I don't know where it came from, but there was this thought that Nico is so skinny. He's so frail. Okay, all right, two things to that. He took a crap ton of hits in this game. He didn't take many hits on his design runs or his scrambles because he was very smart, either getting out of bounds or getting down if he needed to. He took one hit on the – it was a touchdown drive where he got hit at like the seven. You know what I mean? But it was Mm -hmm. late going out of bounds. It wasn't a late hit, but, I mean, he didn't take many hits, but he did take sacks. And he, he basically bounced right back up. He's a tough kid. The second thing to that is go to his Twitter profile right now, watch the very first play of his pinned high high school film, and he freaking trucks into the end zone, okay? He's a tough kid, and I don't know where the narrative came from that, oh, he's he's so skinny at 6'6", and how's he going to take hits? I'm with that. I'm not saying we should have played him this year, but I think his toughness is going to bode really well over his career.
0: I'm okay with that. I think the perception that he's – he is uh, scrawny, weak, frail, fragile is – I mean, look at him. Yes. (laughs) Then look at him next to Joe Milton,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. Which that's, again, a minor bad look for Joe, I think, on some of the decisions that he made. I'm going to hold him against him. Hold it against him right now. I'm just not. Yeah. Because – Usually when we fall off from a good season and 11 wins was better than any good season we've had since former, obviously we fall off to four or five wins and we didn't do that. And I appreciate Joe for that. Sure. On top of that, he wasn't the reason that we lost those games. Sure. It was the defense at Missouri. It was Georgia being Georgia. You haven't won in Tuscaloosa or Alabama since, in 20 years. Uh, I mean, uh, Tuscaloosa or Gainesville in 20 years. Those are the factors. I'm not going to hold him against Joe.
0: Right. And I would – Tell volunteer fans, look at how scrawny Tyler Bray was when he came in, and then look at his size going into his
1: sophomore year. Thank you. Exactly what I was thinking. And the
0: jump that he took. So don't don't perception is not necessarily reality, and he's got now January fourth at the time of this recording until when's kickoff against UTC September. It's either. 19?
1: It's either. The very last day of August, or it's the first Saturday in September.
0: He's going to be told, for the most part, what to eat. Right? He's there, he's going to be on a macro program. All
1: right. And, and I, I think with like the humility that it takes to say things like, "This was a great year for me to sit and learn from Joe. Joe was great for me to be behind." Don't you think he'll follow instructions? And don't don't you think he's pretty inspired to to be as as good as he's hopped up to be? Yes. Yes, <laughs> he seems all. like a very. He seems like a. He, he, this is not going to his head. I don't think you know. And we've seen Tennessee's had their fair share of those kids. Every program does. It doesn't seem like his rating coming out of high school or, right? You know how highly rated he is coming into Tennessee and how long it's been since Tennessee has a, had a quarterback or a prospect of his magnitude. It doesn't seem like that stuff's at his head. He seems very smart. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna trust both the staff. And the player until I can't. March on, baby. Roll tied. <laughs> <It> feels <laughs> better off the
0: lost. Adam it. Mockery, y'all. So on the topic of Nico, on the topic of Nico taking hits, six sacks, four by Joe Evans, who wow, that dude's that dude's for real. I think what impressed me most by Nico is every time he took a hit like that, it didn't seem to phase him. And how many times have you seen a first year quarterback coming out of high school, 18, 19 years old, take a hit and and their eyes get, you know, cue ball size, go, oh crap. What you know, what have I actually gotten myself into? I will never forget Nathan Peterman twenty thirteen Florida and the size of his eyeballs. And that was that whole game was a fuster cluck. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just that was an opportunity to shine. (laughs) Anyway, so really impressed by him in in so many factors. But I want to transition and the Tennessee fan base is getting what it has asked for asked for. And I would just say. My mama, my mama used to tell me, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Well, the entire secondary is gone. The only person that we are retaining from that secondary is Coach Willie Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> He's it. Judy Lally, gone. Slaughter, gone. McDonald, gone. Walker, gone. Haddon, gone. Gone, gone, gone. They're all gone. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. You know, I, I, I'm excited, I think, for the Ricky Gipsons who got a lot of playing time against Iowa. I think even Christian Harrison caught uh, – caught, I shouldn't use that term, had a handful of, of, of plays, 8, 9, 10 maybe. Some of these young guys I'm excited for, but I'm also extremely cautious – and I, I shouldn't be doing this because you, you, it is now your job, Mike, to steer us back towards the Centrus Bowl. All right, these, these young guys, I think is I think it's going to be a wake up call in Charlotte because I think NC State's going to be improved as far as just the, the 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 passing game goes. And you've got teams like Kentucky who I think is going to be improved as far as the passing passing game goes. Leary is is not who we thought he was. Not not saying Vandergriff is, but I mean, how much worse can it get? And they're gonna have some dudes, you know, uh out out, out on the edge to make plays. Mertz, we now know, can play. Milro, we know who he is, like he he can do it. Carson Beck. So so Tennessee fans, seriously, is that really what you want? Is that really what you want? Because truthfully, I would have loved to have seen at least Wesley Walker return and at least gave Judy Lally return. I don't understand Judy Lally declaring. I really, really don't.
1: I don't either. Um, I, I know that college football has a shelf life. Even with COVID eligibility that makes it look like it doesn't have a shelf life, maybe he's done with it. I don't know. He's a smart guy in terms of he, he got a scholarship at Vanderbilt. If you've heard him speak, you know that he's intelligent. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that he got a good grade. Or that I, I don't know, I don't really know what the other alternative is. I don't think it's that the staff didn't want him because of his, again, his veteran nature sounding like a coach on the field. I don't know. I do think it's one of those things where don't don't think I'm crazy here. The injuries played in your favor just a little bit. Meaning Tamarian McDonald creating play, created playing time for Jordan Thomas. Uh hadn't created playing time down the stretch for Ricky Gibson. You know, turn time was pushing for for a lot of action in yeah. fall camp or spring. And, but I don't remember if that was McCullough's legal situation or what that was, but he was pushing very hard back there. And, and I think he's going to be a good player. You know, I think he's not a bust in terms of what he was rated coming out of high school, going to Ohio State. I think he's athletic. I think he can be a great player. You're gonna ret- you're gonna get back if you need him and if you want to use him. You and I are hoping that they do. Christian Charles, who got yeah. very early playing time in his career at safety, if you need him, which is again we think the best fit for him position wise. Um, you know, I think this is where the injuries could have played in your favor because it didn't tank your record win loss wise. Um, you know, you still managed eight and four and non wins in a in a downer year. Um, and it created playing time for a lot of the younger guys, but you know they have to make the most of it. I do like the additions from MTSU in in Thomas, yeah. and Oregon State in McCoy, yeah. If I if, if I look at you, you're making plays. I like it. You know, Thomas brings the wood. McCoy plays the ball really well. I think they'll absolutely factor for playing time. And I, I just wish. And I don't think I'm with you. I don't think it's the Iowa backup quarterback. I wish it had been a slightly better test. And I wish that it maybe wasn't UTC in week one. Maybe flip-flop the games. Give me NC State week one, UTC to prepare for uh, – not Florida, uh, for Oklahoma, and the rest of your tests that are coming. But it is what it is. You're going to have to work with it. And you got to hope that the offense can get back to, you know, more of what it has been before.
0: Yeah, that that's really what I was getting at in that whole spill is you, you said it. You took the words right out of my mouth. I wish the Iowa game was a better test. And maybe it would have been had we not picked them off in the end zone on that one of those opening drives. Who knows? I do think that game unfolds differently if they get a score right there. But yeah, I think so. Nonetheless. Back to Nico for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine. Imagine the fan base if that ball connects to Ramel and what that does to the stat line. Because that ball was. It was placed.
1: It was. It was a drop in the bucket, and I think, and it was like the only opportunity that you had to take a take the roof, you know, to take a long ball. It was like the only yeah, chance that that's they about the were only time they,
0: yeah, that's about the only time they presented that opportunity to us. And I'm gonna give Ramel, and you're gonna hate this, and I know that you know what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna give him, a bit of, give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he lost it in the light, but I'll take your side on this and say. That's part of the game. It's part of the game. And I will say this, and I want to know your thoughts on him as far as Rommel goes. I just hate that his time kind of ended that way. What a, what a, what a crap way to go out, either just to have stopped running or to have lost the ball in the light or the or to the sun, I should say.
1: I hate this whole season for him, man. Um because as much as we talk about like these quarterbacks now, Joe Milton, perfect example, waiting around for their opportunity. Man, he came in a long time ago. He's seen a lot of bad football before getting his opportunity again in 2022, and making the most of it. I think obviously big for him in 2022 and early this year. Although he didn't make much of it, was you know Hyatt being on the you know in, on the inside or on the other side of the field, and and Brew uh, being there at some point. Um, I, I don't I, – what I'm getting at is I, I just don't know if he's receiver one material. Maybe, maybe it's just not his role. I don't know. I hate that he went out this way because of the, the boost that he provided against Alabama, against Florida in 2022, and just how reliable he was last year. It's just bonkers to think that he, you know, he, he played so much worse or the result was that much worse. And for a guy like that that was as loyal as he was, um, it, it's it's painful to see, and yeah, we'd be, we would be flipping out, and we would be, you know, booking playoff tickets for things like next year if he had made that catch. Just based on Nico,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: what's wild is I don't know if you've looked at this since the Centris Bowl game has ended. but He's the second statistically second best receiver on the team, and it's not even close. <sighs> not even not even close. So you got Squirrel right. Squirrel White at 800 yards, Ramel Keaton at 642, and then Castles at 283. Mm. He also led the team in receiving touchdowns. Man, that's that's insane. It is insane. It is insane. All right, so that's negative. Let's get to some positive. I am so excited, and he showed it. His ability to run behind his pads on a couple of these touches. Cameron Selden, this is a big body dude. I am so excited. He went 13 for 55 in the Citrus Bowl, 6'2", 222. You give him an, an, an off-season in this nutritional and weight program. Oh, my gosh. he And you know what? He sees the grass as well. You know, we we we, we poked. I poked at Sampson. Yes, he's an eccentric runner, but his inability to even chip, you know, a rusher, uh, I think is going to cost him snaps. Seldon is already, I'm telling you, he's already a better pass pro back than than Sampson. And it's not a diss on Sampson. I'm complimenting Seldon in this department. This guy's already well-rounded in the backfield.
1: Not only that, But think about the responsibilities that he had on a small team and a small classification in Virginia. Um, I think that that hurt his, you know, recruiting ranking. And it's a massive blessing to Tennessee because, like you just said, a couple of those runs, man, he was so patient and he had the right, you know, the right pad level. Now, the third downs, it it just screams immaturity, but he bounced back from it. He's going to bounce back from it. He's an exceptional athlete. Look, man, he's. At that, at that size, 6'2", 222, he's on your kickoff return unit. He had a very unfortunate moment, probably a rule that nobody knew in the Alabama game. Um, Exceptional athlete, was not a running back in high school. He was doing it all. He was edge rushing. He was playing linebacker and in the secondary. He was playing quarterback on wildcat plays and receiver and running back, yeah. returning kicks. He was doing it all. And he already looks like this much of a running back, a true running back in college mm-hmm. again. Yeah, don't care who Iowa had. I don't care who they played. They're not a bad defense, especially against the run. And he did a lot of nice things. That man, it, it should be about a bright couple of years, two three years for that guy. I mean, seriously, like think about his opportunities as as his career goes on. Clearly, the RB two. Clearly, clearly, man, absolutely, clearly, clearly. and and, he- and and the great thing is that RB three is going to be such a competition between Keith. Peyton Lewis coming in. Deshaun Bishop, who the staff liked, even though he's like a preferred walk-on, RB3 is going to be hotly contested. And, and we'll probably lose somebody in that, in that room. But it's going to be hotly contested with pretty good athletes.
0: And I'm just telling you, if Samson doesn't figure out pass pro in year three, Seldon will cut into his snaps. You'll, you'll see it in obvious passing down situations. All right. All right. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end. You got anything else that you want to you throw out there regarding Nico, James Pierce? I'll give you one. Here, I'm going to say a name. We're going to play a game. I'm going to say a name. You're going to talk about it. All right. Tyree West.
1: Tyler who? Tyree West. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler who? I'm sorry. <laughs> I like I like what the defensive line returns, man. That is what you need when you talk about a new secondary.
0: Yeah, we we didn't we didn't give enough credit to Tyree West and the push that he got, Elijah Simmons and the push that he got. Those guys I'm of him, impacted man. the game, and it did It's not going to show up on the on on the stat line. Never. That, that yeah. defensive front. I'm so excited for the return of our front. Yes or no? This is the best Josh Heupel team coming up since his time at Tennessee.
1: It needs to be. It no, it no, no, needs no. to be is it is it? I'm I not gonna shot. say I'm gonna say no because I'm not gonna yet say that they're gonna surpass 2022. They I'm, again, I'm telling you, they should push it. They should maybe do it, but I'm not gonna say it till I see it. That's that's just the remaining battered ball.
0: Well, roster wise, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Now that doesn't necessarily oh, mean that roster wise,
1: yes. Sorry, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. Sorry.
0: I mean, there's because you you can't. You can't determine the outcome. and can't team. predict the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, we're, we're getting these restrictions and stuff behind us. We're getting deep, especially in the front seven. Man, I'm excited. One more thing with 90 seconds left to go. Elijah Herring led the team statistically. Just saying. I'm just hey, saying he, he needs to have a great offseason.
1: If that guy figures it out, then the, the linebacker room and it being – Suspect or weakness, those days are over. If he figures it out, in addition to what T. Lander showed as a true freshman, Arian Carter and the promise behind his name, Keenan Peely being a 14th-year senior, <laughs> there's no weakness. There's, that room's not a weakness. And, and you're talking yeah. about a legitimate front seven, not just a pass rush that can benefit your secondary. You're talking about the full package. Yes. If that guy figures it out.
0: Yes. Undoubtedly super excited for that linebacker room for the front four. We're gonna see on the back end. Got a glimpse of the offense. As of the as at the time of this recording, Gerald Mincy has has entered the transfer portal. So what is the offensive line gonna be? Nonetheless, this is a recap episode. Volunteers take it to Iowa 35 to nothing. I don't care who you're playing. That is a hard thing to do. What else is hard thing to do? Just kidding, this is not hard. Push like, push subscribe. Thank you so much for listening to us. I'm Dan, he's Mike. This is Pandemonium Reigns. God bless, and go boss.
1: Video?